Hey everyone, welcome to The Culture of Truth. This is a podcast that reviews the truth of God's Word and discusses the influence it has on our lives and worldview. My name is Will Hawkins, and alongside me are my good friends Jeff Amstutz. Hey everybody. And Rob Greer. Good evening, y'all. What's up guys? How y'all doing? Doing fantastic. Yeah, doing pretty good. Fantastic. Okay, well in our last episode we discussed chapter 6, The Necessity of Scripture from Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. We summarize that this doctrine is ultimately about assurance that a truthful understanding of God and salvation back to him through Jesus cannot be known without the Bible. Today, we further that discussion by moving into the fourth characteristic of Scripture, which is the sufficiency of Scripture. Let's go ahead and check in with everyone before we dive into the doctrine summary and discussion. How about you, Rob? How have you experienced God's truth this week? Yeah, so... My fiance and I are going through a, a membership class at our church and long story short, her background with church was a interesting, you know, experience. And so going through this class with the church we're at now, the well is, it's been very encouraging for her. And, you know, this last Monday during the class, or excuse me, after the class, I asked her, I was like, babe, you know, how, how's this really impacted you and, and made you feel? And understand more of what God has for you. And honestly, she just, she was just filled with a lot of gratitude. And for me, that just really blessed me because it made me feel like, you know, the things that she's hearing and learning about are things that she was missing out on growing up in the church, truths about herself, but also truths about who God is and and what God intends for her and has for her. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just been God's provision and, and grace through that has been Real special. That's great. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I'd say mine's pretty basic. It's that God is holy and that he doesn't have a body that has to deal with Austin allergies. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now, as as dumb as that sounds, uh, what a great (laughs) reminder of your own mortality than when your body revolts in some annoying way. Bro. And speak speak that. Speak. And it, it's, it's on the one hand, it's kind of like tongue in cheek, but I think there's some real spiritual revelation behind that because uh, God's not like us. Jesus experienced what it's like to be in a human body, but man, just God does just last forever. He, he lives yeah. forever. He has existed forever in my little puny body that, uh, that I, that I am in. Um, is one that he loves anyway, despite the fact that Jeff can get grumpy sometimes when his nose runs a lot and then can't sleep. And yuck, yuck, yuck. I still want to praise him forever and thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit to um, keep me filled up when I don't feel great. (laughs) Amen. Those allergy, I mean, that impacts your whole day. Oh, it's rough. Yeah. So I was working out with Rob yesterday. And tweaked my knee doing one of the workouts. It wasn't good, y'all. And I'm feeling, I didn't like fall on the floor or anything. It was just like, oh, that didn't feel good. Okay, let me stop. Put the weight up. (laughs) And I think I'm done for today. (laughs) Like, that's what happened. So as you're talking about your body, you're talking about your nose. But yeah, man, I am feeling my mortality right now. Uh, For me this week, I think, well, I've I've had the past couple days off, which... If you, if you talk to me a year ago, like I would be like, yeah, I never take a day off. So I think my, the truth I'm experiencing that I've experienced this week, God's truth is just that he's good 
and that I can rest in him and that it is good for me to actually take some time. And I've seen growth in myself. Um, I've had so many conversations with Rob about this. Even you, Jeff, I've had conversations about just work and life and the balance between those and then with my wife as well. But I've seen the growth this week where I was telling Rob, man, I'm, I'm off work and I can get, I get, I get a phone. I got a phone call from one of my, one of the people I work with and I look at it and I'm like, I was about to work out and I was like, this wouldn't be a short call. You know what? I'm off. I don't need to answer this. He can, he can get help from somebody else. (laughs) So I just put the phone up and was like, cool, I'm done. And I just went and worked out and I was like, man, how good. And then I even told you, I was like, how, how good is God that we can have, we can have a job where we're able to like, even you were on a workout, work hours technically, but you're able to just take a break and work and work out. And we don't have to worry about it. We're not. Yeah, we're just in a position that we're able to do that. So and I, I'm just I was super thankful this week that I was able to have this time off and that still get paid for it and able to go work out, hang out with my friend and have some time to, to just chill. So it's really it's been really good. OK, good stuff, guys. Well, Rob, why don't you hit us with that summary? You got it. Sufficiency of scripture definition straight from systematic theology is the scriptures contain all the words of God he intended his people to have at each stage of redemptive history. And that it now contains everything we need God to tell us for salvation, for trusting him perfectly, and for obeying him perfectly. We can find all that God has said on particular topics, and we can also find answers to our questions. And just some of those practical applications from the chapter, we are encouraged when we look to scripture for what God would have us think and what we should do. Secondly, this doctrine reminds us not to add anything to scripture and consider no other writings as authoritative as scripture itself. Third, God does not require us to believe anything about himself that is not found in scripture. Four, no modern revelations carry authority the same way that scripture does. Five, nothing is sin that is not forbidden by scripture, either explicitly or by implication. And then lastly, nothing is required of us by God that is not commanded in scripture, either explicitly or by implication. So the biggest takeaway, guys, is this. We do not need to seek out any other authoritative words from God and should actively dissuade ourselves from accepting any words we encounter which claim such authority. Mm, Thanks, Rob. So, guys, I have a question that I've thought about plenty of times when I've heard people talking about the sufficiency of Scripture and that is, how are, how are we able to say that Scripture is sufficient for everything, right, when it doesn't actually show us everything that we need to know about a specific topic? It's a really good question, and I think a really helpful way to frame that question is back with the definition of the sufficiency of Scripture, which really drawing on the second half, that now it contains all the words of God that we need for salvation, for trusting him perfectly, and for obeying him perfectly. When I think about what we're created for, which there's other doctrines we'll read about, uh, creation, the, the being an image bearer of God, sin, all those things. But when I think about what we're created for, it's quite simple. It's to reflect God's glory. So when I think about what our purpose on earth is, we project a lot of questions that are beyond that, uh, that mm-hmm. are, or really try to 
obfuscate that goal. So when we talk about salvation, trusting God perfectly and obeying him perfectly, there's a lot of questions that we like to ask as if we don't already know the answer. And that, that can be really hard to have like, hey, I want to marry this person. And you go read, hey, what does the Bible have to say about marriage? About wh- what is wisdom around selecting a spouse? Uh, wisdom around how your marriage choice relates to your capacity for ministry? Like that question has a lot of things in the Bible that m- you might resist because you just don't, you don't want to hear it. And so what's easy to do is back down and say, oh, well, the Bible, I guess, doesn't really say anything. And then you just think what you're going to think. Mm. And that's hard. I think it actually does speak on every topic to a spiritual point, a spiritual degree. And then the practical things on that is covered to me by James 1, 5 through 8, which says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Uh, So if you don't know what to do in something and you earnestly seek God's help and do so by reading his word in community and in prayer, he's going to show up and answer your call for wisdom problem is much deeper are you going to actually want to hear what you're going to hear from him <laughs> that's where it gets interesting and not really about the what anymore yeah i think when i think about this question you know i was on the way here with with will in the car and we were listening to a another podcast that was similar to the one that we do um, but it was a pastor teaching his congregation after the service and one of the questions was like, you know, if, if a friend of yours who is a follower of Jesus has a dream about you mm. needing to go and take a job at Amazon and they come and tell you that that was something that they heard from God and they tell you that, are you in sin by not taking that job at Amazon? And the answer is no. You know, here's why is because The scriptures doesn't tell you you need to take a certain job. What the scriptures does tell you is that we need to be diligent to seek after the Lord through his word and follow him no matter where you go. Here's the thing with the whole Amazon thing. What if you get a job at Amazon and Apple? Are you in a predicament if you choose one or the other? No, I think by going to Apple or Amazon, you can still glorify God with your life, with your speech with your service to people at either Amazon or Apple. And so we can create these trivial things in our head of like, well, God, am I going to honor you if I go to Amazon or am I going to honor you if I go to Apple? God is going to still be glorified no matter which decision you choose because he knows your heart and he understands that you want to honor him. And so have faith like Jeff just read in James, was it James five or James one? James one, five through James, James one, right? Like have faith. Have that faith that the Lord is going to provide what you need, no matter which decision you make, as long as that decision is not contrary to his scripture. Yeah. And when you were saying that, Rob, it reminded me of the first John four, starting in verse one, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see 
whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is, is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. It's just really immediately obvious that if you have something from God and you are earnestly saying, man, I really want to make sure this is from God, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to read the scriptures myself. I'm going to ask other community about it. Mm-hmm. If that's, if that is God's will in your life, then God will reveal that to you. And then you'll get to say, Hey, that friend who had that dream, he was the first or he or she was the first to tell me what God had to say. Or if all of the other ways you're confirming that disagree with it, like, Oh wow. Uh, what a temptation that maybe I'm, I'm really glad I didn't fall into. To answer the question of like, is it sinful or not? And we're talking about sufficiency of scripture. Mm -hmm. It is very clear that your goal of your life being aimed at worshiping God will involve these other, we'll say more menial decisions, even though they never feel menial at the time. But your, your life aim being informed by scripture alone will give you the tools you need to discern what is good and what is not. Uh, like, um, it's another reference that I'm thinking about, uh, Hebrews five, <laughs> flip to those pages, flip, uh, starting in verse 11, uh, about this, we have much to say. Uh, the author was talking about the ways that, that Christ had fulfilled old Testament prophecies and going through this long, uh, dissertation over that. But then to interrupt that with this about this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And it's that last part that really hammers this home to me is your maturity in your faith is discerning good from evil. So when that person randomly comes up to you and it's like, I have this word from God, you'll know what to do. You'll pray. You'll read the scriptures with community mm. to make sure that this is indeed the Holy spirit telling you something. That's how you, you, if you're mature in your faith, like that'll be a natural response, not a, I need to have this existential crisis of yes or no right now. got to go do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I guess that's something that people might have question about. Okay, so if if it's scripture alone, right? What are, what about other means of guidance today? Mm. Yeah, and so part part of that is being led by the Spirit, right? We can let's get into that second, but first let's talk about which we I think we've mentioned before, but it's just like podcasts, books, how whatever mm. else you can interpret as by guidance. What about those means? But then also, where does the Holy Spirit come in if we're talking about Scripture alone is what we should should look to? Hmm. How do we then reconcile or think about being led by the Spirit and where that can go? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to answer that first part by saying when we, and I say we, us three, and for those of you that may be listening, you may have also taken the class, but at the Austin Stone, when we took that development class, we were going through systematic theology. And one of the first things that Wayne Grudem mentions is you should read this book prayerfully. Why? Because this book in and of itself is not the scriptures. It's not. 
And so a lot this this book being the book systematic theology the book systematic not talking about the bible (laughs) (laughs) not talking about the bible i'm sorry i'm sorry you're good you're good the book systematic theology is not the scriptures so my point is is that you know for me personally i love reading you know john piper or even listening to his podcast or reading articles from desiring god right like those are all good and edifying things at the end of the day, even someone like him who is extremely wise and God is gifted in so many ways, I still need to be able to say, God, you know, what I'm hearing, it sounds accurate. It sounds like it's theologically sound, but I also still need to go back to the scriptures and confirm that that is true and that that is from you. And so I think that's where the Holy Spirit comes in is like, I'm hearing these things, but is that in line with the scriptures? And that's what John or excuse me, what Jeff was referring to. I almost said John Piper again. Yeah. It's called you John Piper, Jeff. Um, that's what Jeff was talking about when it comes to testing the spirits, right? It's it's making sure that what you are hearing is doctrinally sound and coming from the scriptures and the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you if you earnestly seek that. Yeah, it, it reminds me when people talk about what does it mean to be spirit-led? Jesus himself just comes out in, in the book of John and says, this is what the Holy Spirit's going to do. This is how the Holy Spirit helps you. And just read a little bit and start in John 14. It says, uh, starting in verse 16, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Then later in verse 26, uh, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then uh, jumping to like John 16 in starting in verse eight. And when he comes, this would be the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I mean, the, the, he comes out and says, the Holy spirit will point you to me. Mm-hmm. It's quite straightforward to reason about what are the ways the Holy spirit works, uh, where you will be matured over time as God makes you more like Christ is to pick out those things. So specifically, how is John Piper pointing you to Jesus? So if John Piper has an opinion on how you should spend your money, it's probably a good one. But that's not the same thing as him pointing you to Jesus, unless that thing he's talking about, the ways you spend money, points you to Jesus. It's amazing how one piece of information from someone like a preacher or a teacher or something, the Holy Spirit might use in one person to point them to Jesus and in another person not that it's more about how the Holy Spirit's working in the hearer than the speaker. Not that the speaker can say anything inherently wrong that disagrees with scripture there. But the point being is to be spirit led is to have more and more of your life completely aimed at everything Christ has done for you, has adopted you into God, the father's family and changed you because of your sin being bought. It's, it's, it is that simple but it can be difficult. How do we think about, you know, living our actual, our actual day-to-day lives that, you know, we have things we need to do, things like that, but it's, 
uh, being led by the spirit. What, do, how do we interpret that? Cause people can take that a lot of different ways. So in relation to scripture being sufficient, there also is where it's saying all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. So what does that actually mean walking in the spirit? Hmm. So to even pick back up on the same chapter in John 16 that Jeff was just reading in verse 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. What is the truth, right? I know Jesus says about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he also says that in John 17, 17, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. And so what does it mean to walk by the spirit for those who have the Holy Spirit in them? It means to, to walk in such a way that your life is a reflection of who Jesus is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That comes from Galatians 5, what I just said, but walking by the spirit is a daily practice of learning to meditate which means to actually fill yourself fill your mind with god's word not actually empty it fill your mind with god's word and allow him to do what is necessary in you in order to live a life that is reflecting trusting him and obeying him yeah a lot of that is simple attentiveness to your life if you wake up in the morning and you got screaming kids what does it mean for you to be patient and kind with them for it not to be envy or boasting, for it not to be arrogant or rude, irritable or resentful. You know, that's straight up Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. What does that mean for you to to lead your kids well? What does it mean for you to prayerfully ask God for the strength to deal with those screaming kids? Or are you just going to muster up strength on your own, what you think is necessary and what you think is right? The spiritual component is what will feed everything else. Uh, so how you think about God, how you feel about God, and then what ultimately you do. So to be spirit-led is how much is your drinking in of God's word changing those three things? Like we, we try to think about these doctrines in those three components, head, heart, and hands. It really is as simple as you read scripture, understand the, to the best of your ability, prayerfully asking God to reveal, to show you what this scripture means. What is it saying? And then apply it to your life. It sounds straightforward. Um, it's just complicated when our desires, our sins, our ways of resisting explicitly, like when we're like, man, I just, in my mind, don't want to do what God tells me to do. Or implicitly, like I just reflex, you know, want to sin. It, it can be difficult. But the actual process, the iterative process of reading scripture, meditating on it, like filling up with it, like you said, Rob, and applying it to your life, uh, do that for between now and the rest of your life, you're going to look a lot more like Jesus. So when you have some specific issue, um, as simple as you lost your keys, good, ask, ask God to help you out. He, he is not bothered by helping you find your keys. That's, that's a funny, I, I bring that up because Jimmy McNeil, I love that man. Whenever, <laughs> whenever on a Sunday morning in he like loses something I, I, like he is not joking when he just drops what he's doing and says, Lord Jesus, I lost this. Well, I need to go find it like straight up. Like I kind of chuckle when I hear it because it's so abnormal for me to hear someone pray about something specific. But then I, whenever I reflect on that, I'm like, man, when, how little I pray in my life. 
you're saying for him to be led by the spirit to then go find the keys. Yeah. And, and, and and the point is, is there isn't a, there isn't a small thing in his life that he's not wanting to aim at God and have God be the primary director of him. Like it sounds more like when you say it out loud, it sounds kind of more mysterious than it is. But when you like pray without ceasing, it's like, don't, don't, don't think there's a part of your life that you shouldn't have God be the thing informing you for how you should treat it. How you should think about it. I don't view scripture as being obviously separate from the spirit, right? So I'm being led by the spirit, like Rob, you were saying that it should point us back to that, or at least be foundational to that. Yeah. If we're where we see issues is where people say I was led by the spirit to do X, Y, or Z. Is it actually consistent with scripture and pointing to scripture? And so as I'm being led throughout the day, the way I interpret that, the way I see that is pretty much kind of how Jimmy does it. Like I've mentioned this before, but I'm, I can be at work and someone's talking to me and I'm in, I'm praying and that's part of the pray continuously. Mm. It's Lord, how do I respond to this right now? Whether that's in a counseling setting or I have a brother or sister asking me a question and I'm trying to actually give them good counsel, um, good by biblical standards. I ask the spirit that's best part of the pray continuous. I ask the spirit, how do I respond in this situation? Lord, give me the words cause I do not have them. Um, and if, if I, f- if I feel if that sense of being led takes me somewhere where it's not consistent with the word, then I know that it's, it's not the spirit that is probably my own flesh. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And I mean that, that in and of itself is why the scriptures are sufficient exactly. because without us having the scriptures and knowing that it is God's word and that it is authoritative in our lives and it is clear and that it is necessary as we've been going over like all these doctrines overlap or they inter intersect that's that's why we wouldn't understand the sufficiency of scripture is because we know based off of our relationship with the lord that we can have those type of moments in our lives where it's like lord i need to be patient right now this person is really frustrating me and i have no Mm. strength in me to want to love them and to be patient enough to understand and hear what they have to say because I'm just so angry and I'm fuming, right? It's just praying in those moments and asking the Spirit to give you that patience. So, yeah, and he he loves to do it. Yeah. it it's, it's when you're around a genuine followers of Christ who want their entire life to be aimed at Christ, now, not necessarily living it perfectly because they've mustered something up in their life to be able to do that. But when you watch the Holy Spirit change people to go from rebelling in, uh, against God in some area of their life to being renewed and, and giving up, whether it's their finances, their their time, the way they spend their time, the way they talk about other people, talk about their spouse, the way they treat their spouse, the way they treat their own body. They're, these things aren't, it's not about self-help. It's about being a living sacrifice to say, God, there's nothing in my life I want to be about that isn't worshiping you. When you watch people do increase in that uh, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, uh, you can very quickly start to see what does it mean to be spirit led and what is it not? If spirit led is someone had a feeling 
And then they wanted to use a trump card to say, like, well, no one can negate if I just say the Holy Spirit told me. Right. Mm. Exactly. If you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, or not, not even a long time, uh, if you've just been walking with Christ and doing so in community and reading and, and learning about Jesus, about God by reading the scriptures, you'll very quickly be able to discern those kinds of things. Like, oh, that person's just full of it. And, and, and actually respond like Christ too. Because the point is not to then jump on someone. It's like, hey, let me let me point you towards the real Jesus, not jump on you and go, ha ha, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's like, hey, I don't think that's in line with with Jesus, and I want to show you what Jesus is like. Yeah, I think a lot of people too will mistake where where we can get into trouble is people will mistake their own feelings for mm-hmm. being led by the Spirit. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think that is awesome about sufficiency is that it's a counter to oftentimes our feelings or our experiences. And so a lot of people will say, you know, I don't know if I can trust that, that what the word says about this, because my, like, I don't, I haven't seen that true in my life or it doesn't speak to this one thing. Like I've experienced this. So I don't know if, I don't know if that can be true or that's not sufficient for me because of this experience that I had. How do you guys how would you guys respond to that if somebody brought you that? I'd say for me, there are four ways you can talk to people when it comes to the truth of the Bible. You can prophesy what scripture says. You can teach those who are willing to want to learn. You can exhort those who are in the faith who you can remind them of the truth of the Bible. Or you can rebuke the sin of your brother that you find who has been walking with Jesus but is currently sinning. And with each one of those modes... It really depends on where that person's at. So if you just don't know what the Bible says, I want to declare to you what scripture says. Let's be prophesying scripture. If you don't understand what scripture says, and that has made some decision point in your life or whatever difficult, well, cool. Let's sit down and and read it together. Let's learn together. If it's, man, you just, you knew that in the Bible, but you've forgotten. I'm going to exhort you to remind you of what truth is. And if you're straight up walking in sin, uh, I'm going to gently point that out. And so what, what's difficult there is you can have very helpful experiences with like cool self-help stuff or whatever that is really amoral in and of itself. Like, hey, tips to lose weight. That's fine. The spiritual component is where you get the great divide. It's not about should I treat my body with respect? It's are you doing so to worship God or not? Or are you trying to worship yourself by the way you look um, or whatever it is? And that's where then that spiritual response is where you get those four different kind of ways that you can speak to a brother in Christ or to a non-believer, which to a non-believer, it's probably mostly going to be prophesying scripture because they haven't heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. Let's let me give you a scenario. If are the scriptures sufficient for Rob as a single man? to counsel on marriage for my wife and I. No, absolutely. Okay. How so? Because Rob pointing you to what the scripture says has nothing to do with Rob's personal experience. Absolutely. It has everything to do with what the scriptures say about marriage and what God has deemed to be appropriate for married couples, right? And if I, as a single man, know that, although I don't have a wife, me counseling a married couple in that 
is still mm-hmm. obeying God. If you don't believe that, that means you would probably disbelieve Paul writing about marriage being an unmarried man to begin with. Jesus, not a married man. Right. So the thing about the su- sufficiency of scripture is it takes out the identity of the the teller because mm-hmm. it or That's it good. substitutes the identity of the teller because it's hey this is what God says not what Jeff or Rob or Will says. Mm-hmm. So let let me let me backtrack a little bit because we don't want to come out and say the, the, the sufficiency of scripture remember is about salvation, trusting God perfectly and obeying him perfectly. It does not actually mean that it is not helpful for a married couple to go count, get counsel from another married couple that trusts Jesus. Mm. That's also a good and helpful thing. And one thing yeah. Rob could do is be like, Hey, I'm going to tell you what scripture says. And if right. you're looking for some more details, yep. Hey, I know, I know some married couples that you should talk to. Right. And that's a helpful thing. Is he able to talk about it? Yes. Is he the best person maybe to have the conversation based on some of the experiences that he might be able to relate to and speak specifically into on details? Probably not. It's probably someone in a counseling session or a, a counselor, a professional, whatever. But is it sufficient enough? Is he able to go to the Bible, find things that are actually be able to speak into our lives? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it scripture may not give us practical how to's for something, right? But what it does, it gives us all that is required to obey him. It gives us everything that is required. I think yeah. that required is the key there. Mm-hmm. It's required for what, how do we, how do we get saved? It's required to know about salvation for trusting him and for obeying him. If, if any of you listeners out there who have listened to Ask Pastor John podcast, it's fantastic because every time they answer a wild question, Mm-hmm. of like what on earth does the bible have to say about that the bible often doesn't have an exact this is the right answer however by the time john piper has walked through all the scriptures that might relate to it it generally lands on a fairly succinct here's a good biblical based approach mm-hmm. to think about an answer to your question so it's amazing if you are prayerfully wanting to have God's truth revealed to you, scripture will give you what you need. Like you said, what you need. Yeah. There's a quick verse I'd love to just follow that up with from second Peter one verse three through four says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. Say that again. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, definitely. In light of this doctrine, how are you guys going to obey and live out this truth? Like what do we, what do we do next with this? Yeah, that's a great question. Because Again, my stupid mantra of the gospel is simple, but it can be difficult (laughs) as in like, love that. what am I going to do? I'm going to want to read my Bible more, know it more to, to when, when I encounter areas in my life uh, that I don't know what to do, that I don't like, maybe I know what I should do, but I just don't like it. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to scripture prayerfully in community. And there's a lot of practical ways to do that. 
But the point is, is like, if I reach for a book like Providence from John Piper, or I mean, I got a pile of books in my room over there. <laughs> it's I should always be using them as tools to point me back to God's word. That if those tools ever take more value than scripture itself, I am in dangerous waters. I am in shark infested waters ready to be eaten up by deceit of my own heart, following whatever I want. But when those tools are pointing me to scripture, they're helping me just love Jesus more because they have show they, they just keep making the, the text on the page in my Bible bolder and bolder. Well, then they're great. But the point is, is they're making the Bible bolder, not something nebulous that Jeff likes. Yeah, I would just follow up with that and just say, you know, in the areas where I am not believing that the Bible is sufficient in my life, whether it's not trusting that God can provide something for me or he isn't good because he didn't give me this gift, right? You know, God giving you a gift that like you receiving that doesn't depend on God's goodness, right? Like God isn't good because he gives you things. God is good because Mm -hmm. of who he is, his character. And so I just think for me, it's just asking God to help me to believe in the areas where I don't believe and just learning to, to ask him for, for things, right. And, and trusting that he can give it to me. You know, I, I just think that a lot of times I can, I can go through my day thinking that, you know, Lord, I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't need to necessarily talk to you. <laughs> and it's like, well, something, something's going to happen where you're like, oh my gosh, like I need you. I need you. <laughs> right. And Help. I just think those little moments are just reminders of how, how fragile we are and how much we depend on and, and need God and need his love, his grace, his, his provision for our lives. And yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd say the same stuff that you guys are saying makes me want to read the scriptures more and then be faithful to what he's called me to. Um, and if I don't know, then I go to the word, you know, and I try to read about it, but it's, I know that where he has me is where he's called me. And if, whether that's my work or the place I live, I'd be faithful with what he's given me and what I have and continue to seek him in all things. So, and I do it for the, for his glory, man, this is awesome. And such a sweet reminder that just on like building up on everything, all the layers and foundations of the characteristics, you know, going through clarity, necessity, authority, and then now sufficiency, man, what a, what a great, what a great time to be able to do that and build on it and learn this and how they all build up towards what God is doing and what he's done for us and how we can trust him and that he is good and that he is authoritative and that he has given us everything that we need and that he's not hiding anything from us. He hasn't held back anything from us because that'd be contrary to his goodness. Mm -hmm. He is good because he provides us all of this. Mm. Scripture is sufficient. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We hope that y'all enjoyed this. We hope that y'all are encouraged and equipped in truth. Again, please share this with a friend or a loved one so others can be reminded of God's truth this week. 
Um, and as always, thank you all for listening to the Culture of Truth podcast. We really appreciate y'all listening. Until next time. Peace. Who got my butt? <laughs> <laughs> Out. <laughs> we gone.